0: When it comes to the summer blockbuster, nothing is left to chance and yet oddly quite a lot is taken for granted. For all the meticulous planning and preparation needed to make a $100 million movie, quite often a film will have a release date before it goes into production. They hadn't even started writing the second in the Hunger Games series when already an announcement came that it would be released on November the 22nd of next year. Parts 3 and 4 will follow at 12 month intervals. This means that filmmakers don't necessarily make films, but deadlines. In even more bizarre situations, a movie will go into production without a completed script. It will be frantically written and sometimes drastically rewritten along the way, as was the case with Gladiator. Ridley Scott started filming that with just 17 pages, and quite often scenes were written literally minutes before the cameras rolled, and yet somehow it worked. Something similar happened with the Jason Bourne series. Frank Marshall, a five-time Oscar-nominated producer, acquired the movie rights to the Robert Ludlam books and pitched his idea to Universal Studios. As is always the case, the studio said yes, only if Marshall could find a major star. Brad Pitt was approached, an outline was presented, and Brad Pitt passed, so Marshall went to Matt Damon. I can tell you the license plate numbers of all six cars outside. I can tell you that our waitress is left-handed and the guy sitting up at the counter weighs 215 pounds and knows how to handle himself. I know the best place to look for a gun is the cab of the gray truck outside. And at this altitude, I can run flat out for a half mile before my hands start shaking. Now, why would I know that? How can I know that and not know who I am? Damon jumped at the offer. Despite appearing in such hits as Saving Private Ryan and The Talented Mr. Ripley and having won an Oscar for co-writing Goodwill Hunting, Damon's career had stalled. A series of disappointments had seen him slip from the A-list roster and he knew that if this Bourne project worked, there was a chance at a franchise. Only it didn't work, at least not the first time they shot it, so Universal Studios poured more money into it and they went back into production. and That didn't work either, so there were further rewrites and reshoots. In all, certain scenes and sequences were remade no less than four times. And yet, somehow, it worked. And once it worked, everyone forgot about the near catastrophe that almost resulted from the mayhem. All of which is quite fitting because the movie is about a man suffering from acute amnesia. Who am I? You're US government property. You're a malfunctioning 30 million dollar weapon. You're a total goddamn catastrophe. And by God, if it kills me, you gotta tell me how this happened. Why are you trying to kill me? What happened in Marseille? Why, why are you trying? You sent me to kill Wambosi. Kill Wambosi? Yeah, we can do that anytime we want. I can send Nikki to do that for Christ's sake. Mr. Wambosi was supposed to be dead three weeks ago. He was supposed to have died in a way where the only possible explanation was that he'd been murdered by a member of his own entourage. I don't send you to kill. I send you to be invisible. I send you because you don't exist. In real life, amnesia occurs only rarely, yet it has been the staple diet of filmmakers from cinema's earliest days. A recent study of how amnesia is portrayed in the movies shows that filmmakers rarely get it right or even try to get it right. Ultimately, they end up bending the condition to fit the contortions of their own plots. So inaccurate are they that the character's symptoms bear no relation whatsoever to any authentic neurological or psychiatric condition. But really, who cares? Amnesia is a fantastic hinge around which swings a whole host of great stories. It doesn't matter what genre it is in. Action. Now, whatever your name is, get ready for the big surprise. You are not you, You you're me. No shit. Comedy. I I suffer from short-term memory loss. Short-term memory loss. I don't believe this. No, it's true. I forget things almost instantly. It runs in my family. Well, I mean, at least I think it does. Um, hmm, where are they? And murder mystery. You really want to get this guy, don't you? I killed my wife, He took away my fucking memory. He Destroyed my ability to live. Amnesia is a gift from the cinematic gods. When it came to the second born picture, though, Matt Damon did remember one thing very clearly. He didn't think much of its director, Doug Lehman. And Damon only agreed to a sequel on condition that Lehman was replaced. When that was announced, people sensed that it was a case of a star throwing a strop. But once the second film was released, people knew that Damon was correct. This is Pamela Landy, CI Supervisor. Where do we stand? I, uh, think you got away. Damn it. Have you locked down the area? Mm-hmm. Locked it down? No, no, this is, uh, this is Italy. They, they don't exactly lock down. How long down. have you worked for the agency? Uh, me for four years, ma'am. Well, if you ever want to make it to five, you're going to listen to me real close. Jason Bourne is armed and extremely dangerous. Last week in Berlin, he assassinated two men, one a highly experienced field officer. I want you to secure that area. I want any evidence secured, and I want it done right now. Is that clear? Yes, sir, ma'am. I'm getting on a plane to Berlin in 45 minutes, which means you're going to call me back in 30. And when I ask you where we stand, I had better be impressed fun and exciting as identity was, supremacy surpassed it in every way. A lot of that was down to the new director Paul Greengrass. Greengrass is a very interesting filmmaker. His background is in documentaries, beginning way back in the 80s with the ITV current affairs program, World in Action. A filmmaker with a deep social and political conscience, Greengrass made a documentary investigating the racially motivated murder of Stephen Lawrence and the shameful manner in which London's Metropolitan Police bungled the case. After that, Greengrass made Bloody Sunday, a searing docudrama about the tragic day in Derry when 13 civil rights marchers were murdered by British Army paratroopers. Originally intended for television broadcast only, Bloody Sunday ended up winning the Golden Bear at the Berlin Film Festival. When Frank Marshall and Matt Damon saw it, they knew who they wanted to make their sequel. The decision was inspired and also very risky. This is Jason Bourne. I was wondering when you were going to make this call. How did you get this number? You didn't actually think I was coming to Tudor City, did you? No, I guess not. But if it's me you want to talk to, perhaps we can arrange a meet. Where are you now? I'm sitting in my office. I doubt that. Why would you doubt that? If you were in your office right now, we'd be having this conversation face to face. Greengrass's documentary techniques inject a phenomenal amount of urgency to the series. Shooting the action sequences handheld and from a dizzying variety of vantage points means that the film is edited at a breathless pace. But the Bourne series didn't only raise the bar in terms of action, it also rewrote the template. Along the way, and under the direction of Greengrass, the Bourne series became increasingly politicised, and in the closing picture of the trilogy, it took a clear shot at the policies the US government has implemented since 9 11. He said i would be saving American lives. You were. I was killing... for you. For them. You knew exactly what it meant for you. If you chose to stay. When we are finished with you, you will no longer be David Webb. I'll be whoever you need me to be, sir. You cannot run what you did, Jason. In addition to that, there is no comedy for light relief. Instead, there is a strong sense of guilt. Jason Bourne is a man bent not just on discovering who he is, but also atoning for what he has done. In that respect, Bourne does a lot but says very little. His language is terse, his delivery clipped, and his emotions are kept tightly coiled. Yet, there is all the while clarity to his motivations. What makes it even more interesting is that while Bourne moves relentlessly forward, Each installment in the series doubles back to the previous episodes. For instance, supremacy revolves around events that happened before Identity was set and Nikki's appearance in Ultimatum comes to resemble Marie's in Identity. The overall arc then of Bourne's journey has him delving further back in time to the origin of his quest and the climax has him returning to the beginning in order to resolve and finally escape that which he has become. It's what you are Jason, a killer. You always will be. Overall, the three films have a relentless motion to them, each one faster and more focused than the previous, but they also have a nice unifying symmetry about them, right down to the opening and closing shots in the series. Bourne begins and ends in the water. I have no idea what the imminent fourth installment, The Bourne Legacy, will be like, but I will say this, great trilogies only come in threes.